0: Welcome to Radio Rollback Podcast, celebrating the greatest days of music radio. Now, here's your host, Jeff Martin. Hello, and welcome to episode 35 of the Radio Rollback Podcast. It's wonderful to be with you again. The voice is a little bit more alike, hopefully, this time. Um, Thank you for all your nice comments about uh, episode 34. And I'm glad you're all still uh, enjoying uh, the podcast. Makes it obviously all worthwhile putting together. And uh, as I always say, please spread the word. There's. The full back catalogue available for you to go and peruse uh, if you haven't heard them or maybe you want to go back and listen to them again, uh, particularly maybe the interview ones, which brings me nicely on to episode 35, which is another one of our special editions because we have a a guest on the podcast this week. The guest is uh, none other than Ray Clark who has had a fabulous uh, radio career, is just about to uh, release another one of his books, which we'll no doubt be chatting about shortly. So we'll get straight on into our chat with Ray. But first of all, let's see what he sounded like on Radio Caroline.
1: Hey, good Friday, good afternoon. It's Mick Williams on Caroline 558 with the best of the old and the best of the new for you through until five o'clock this afternoon. Hope you're going to hang around. It's Caroline 558 five, playing the new one from OMD, Shame. Johan Marsbach. Garner Ted Armstrong. Ernest O'Neill. Roy Masters. World Missionary Evangelism. Old Country Church. Word for Today. Putting life into perspective on Viewpoint 963 from 6 till 9.30 tonight. Caroline 558 playing this one specially for Kevin and Debbie Briggs and family with love from Sheba. On the 4th of July, 1806, we 6. Caroline 558 from the North Sea, so it's Good Friday and a day off, eh? I wonder how many people got up too late to collect their hot cross buns from the bakers this morning. Yes, it always happens. We did. We're having hot cross lamb chops tonight for tea. Well, lamb was pretty chock cross anyway. Caroline 558 playing Full Simon and Graceland's. Caroline 558 at one thirty. time to look at the weather. Mist and fog at first, that'll clear to give sunny spells later, with a maximum expected temperature of 18 degrees Celsius. The winds are southerly and light, the sea is calm, and visibility from the Ross Revenge is moderate. And have we got some good weather for you over the weekend? Somebody's going to be lucky, hope it's us.
0: Yes, don't be confused, Um, Mick Williams was uh, the name that... uh, uh, Ray used on Radio Caroline and uh, during our chat we will no doubt find out how that name came about but it's a great pleasure to uh, introduce to the podcast none other than Mr Ray Clark. Welcome Ray to the Radio Rollback Podcast. Can we start maybe chatting about uh, how you came into radio because you did a job that I've actually done as well you were actually bus driving and not nothing to do with radio I've done that as well.
2: Well, it's a long, long story. A very long story. Uh, I always wanted to work on the radio. I wanted to play records and and do a bit of inane chat in between and uh, finally got my wish. But I took the longest possible route to get there. I um, was intrigued with the wireless even before I was a teenager and and certainly hooked in the 60s with the Pirates and, and they lit the spark. I wanted to to be on the radio. I wanted to be on a ship uh, and, and playing records, so, although as time went on, that wasn't essential. But that's the way it happened. Um, I left school at the age of 16. I wanted to go on the radio. I had a very broad Essex accent uh, in the days when Essex was a, very much a rural county. Uh, I remember one day at school, uh, the big school. And we went there and the uh, the English teacher was asking us what our names were so he could get to know us rather than saying, oh, you boy. And I said, that's Raymond Clark. And the whole class laughed. And I thought, well, that accent's got to go. But I, I, I do occasionally lapse back into it. Anyway, I left school and I worked for the BBC. I wrote to them and said, um, you know, would you like me on The Breakfast Show on Radio 1? Or if you can't manage that, I'll do the nine o'clock news. And they said, yeah, go into accounts. And I said, well, I, I failed my maths O level. And I said, yeah, just go into accounts. So I did that for two years. And, uh, and, and it was OK, but it was just putting numbers on pieces of paper. And there was no way that was going to lead to a radio job. And I bumped into a chum of mine that I'd been at school with. And, you know, normal conversation. What are you doing? I'm at the BBC putting numbers on pieces of paper. What are you doing? Well, I was in an insurance company putting numbers on pieces of paper, but I've left that now and I'm a bus conductor and it's really good fun and all the girls talk to you. So I thought, that'll do. So I I left the BBC and went on the buses with the intention of staying for the summer. Um, But then, you know, as an 18-year-old, it was good fun and all the girls did talk to you and uh, then i got to 21 and i thought "Oh, i'll drive one of these things which i did and then i went on to the coaches and then i went all over britain and then i went all over europe all at the same time, still wanting to get on the radio. But but it ain't that easy if you haven't got the experience. So uh, I, I did mobile discos. I, I did public address stuff. Any opportunity to to talk into a microphone. But it was into the 80s that I actually went out to Caroline. I nearly got out there at the end of the 70s because by a bit of a quirk of coincidence, I, I got to know some people who, who knew Peter Chicago, chief engineer at Caroline. And uh, we, we, we spent uh, an evening, from what I can remember, having far too many drinks in Holland. And the conversation went around to, would you like to come out to the ship? Um, would I? Yeah. Uh, but circumstances meant that at the time I, I couldn't. And a few months later, uh, she'd sunk. So that put pay to that. That was the, the end of me joining Caroline at that time. But yeah, I, I always wanted, I always looked at Caroline. I didn't believe I was I was good enough to even go on the radio Uh, let alone Caroline, and I didn't think it was going to happen. But, you know, in the 80s, events sort of made it happen, and and thank goodness they did as far as I'm concerned because I've been getting away with talking nonsense and playing music on the radio for nearly 40 years now.
0: How did the um, actual a trip to caroline come about because talking to nick richards uh and he was saying he he went out to the Mi Go and was a deck hand and did a couple of uh shifts of that and then like often happens somebody lets you do a show and and you're off and running so what was your route like out to the ross revenge and onto the air ray
2: Well, I suppose a bit similar to to Nick's, because had I taken up Chicago on the offer and and, and turned up, one, he might have forgotten because we'd all had too many drinks that night. Uh, And and two, I would probably have been chipping rust or or pumping out or whatever. uh, The sort of stuff that Nick and for that matter, Johnny Lewis were doing when they first went there. I'd gone out in, uh, in the 70s on half a dozen boat trips. I was that anorak. Uh, and on one occasion, again, by Peter, we were invited on board because I, I was with, it's a long story, but the, the brother of a friend of his. And he said, come on board. And then the skipper, we were had taken us out from Breitling. So he said, no, 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 uh, no, rather you didn't. So I, I never actually got on board the Mi Amigo, but visited about five or six times. And then, as I say, it, it sank. So everybody thought that's the end of Caroline. But we all know that uh, it wasn't. Mm-hmm. And then in 83, she was back again. And I think it was about a year later that I really got quite excited about listening to the radio again. And I I went out in 85 on another of uh, Albert Hood's boats, uh, Albert and Georgina Hood, and and responsible for making more people seasick than anybody else, I think, with their, their clandestine boat trips out to the ships. So I went out there and went aboard Ross Revenge. And I'd, by this time, I'd, I'd got to know Johnny. I, I knew one or two people from a distance. You know, you're, you're on the periphery. You, you, you know people that know people that know people that know people. And I went out and I thought, oh, I'd love to be here. And then went out three or four times after that. And, and on one occasion, we were out there and two boats went out, uh, lovely summer's day, June day, and got out to the ship and one boat unloaded. Fortunately, I was on that. And then the Alert 3, the Essex Police launch, turned up, which had absolutely no jurisdiction out there. Um, but they frightened off the, the the two skippers. So one boat ran for home, still with the passengers on. The other one went with no passengers and we were stuck on the ship. And And Johnny, who I, I knew by now, said, here, yeah, lad, uh, do you want to stay out? And I thought, wow, yes, I do. But I've got to go back to work tomorrow and I've got a passport. I haven't even got a toothbrush. So, well, yes, but no sort of thing, but that that sort of made me think. Well, if I'm going to do this, I really ought to do something about it now. Otherwise, it's not going to happen. And I was good friends, and still am, with Bill Rollins, uh, a, a nice guy, and very much involved with the Lamb-based organisation of Caroline in uh, in the eighties. And I, I did a demo, and I sent it via him, knowing full well that it would get to the right people, and also thinking. I'm on a pretty safe bet here. I'm going to get a call before too long to invite me out, uh, which I did. Uh, so I handed him a notice at that time. I was working for the ministry of transport. So I, I said, oh, I've been here for two years, but I'm off now. Thank you. <laughs> um, and I, I was a driving examiner on the Friday. And on the following Monday, I was Mick Williams broadcasting wow. to, well, however many who were listening to Caroline. So that's how it happened. It's, it's one of those bonkers journeys and bonkers things that happen in life. And I, I've got a a dear friend of mine, who has absolutely nothing to do with radio, um, but he he has other similar interests to me. <laughs> Don't laugh, but tractors and fields and the countryside okay. and all the rest of it. Yeah. And he said, "I always admire you." He said, "You you just took a chance, but equally I admire him because he's so organised and he's got a shed where he knows everything where everything is." And I mean, to be honest, I think I would rather have been like him. But I'm a little wayward perhaps um, In a nice sort of way And I I just thought if I don't take this chance now It's never going to happen It was a dream and it it paid off Although you you might scoff at this But it was never my intention to get a career out Of going out to Caroline Because I I didn't think I was good enough And truth be told I wouldn't say say it that loud But I, I still don't think I'm particularly good But I've been
1: getting away with it for a few years Playing the best of the old and the best of the new, it's nothing at all, really. Caroline, 558, five, fancy a bit of Duran Duran? Right, okay, what should we have? Meet El Presidente, their new one, on Caroline. The Caroline Rock Show, two great nights of rock next weekend. rocking on the North Sea this afternoon from Caroline 558. We've got a card here now all the way from Devon, Madeiras. Trisha and Duncan send their love to Jack and Gerald, Pam and Peter, and Freckles the dog. They live up in London. I can't, I can't, I can't. Caroline 558 in the afternoon. The weather certainly looks settled for the Easter weekend. That makes a change. I'm predicting a fine summer this year. Remember 1984? Lovely summer and we had a hot Easter then as well. So hot, in fact, I was in Spain and it was colder there than it was in Newcastle. But that's the way it goes, isn't it? Mick Williams on Caroline 558 with Al 558 kilohertz, this is Radio Caroline. I'm incredibly jealous of that man, he's twice as old as me, well nearly, and he looks half as young, must be the magic smile that Rosie Vale is going to sing about, on Caroline 558.
0: So, how did the uh, how did the name change come about? Was you a bit nervous about using your own name, or
2: yeah, well, I mean, using another name was encouraged. Yeah, uh, nobody actually said don't call yourself Ray Clark, and yeah. it would have been quite nice to to, to get say, hey, Ray Clark here, and 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 friends saying, oh, that's Ray. Um, but I, I I sort of took a little bit of of, of advice, and I'd been doing, amongst other things public address stuff. A chum of mine, the real Mick Williams, um, had a public address company and, and he was a wizard at, at wiring up arenas and country fairs and county shows and all the rest of it. And, and he was never happier than being challenged with shinning up a 30-foot-high post to put some big tannoy speakers on the top of it. But he he, he wasn't that keen on speaking, although I don't know why because he, he he sounded fine when he was doing it. He was perfectly capable. But uh, he, he sort of came across me. I knew him. He knew that I liked talking, <laughs> you can tell. Uh, he he liked connecting wires together with chocolate boxes, and, and, and the two of us met. So I, I was doing work for him, and then he knew I was going out to Caroline and he said, well, what name are you going to use yourself uh, for yourself? And I said, I don't know, I might use yours. And I laughed. And uh, I got out to the ship and I followed Peter Phillips one, uh, one Monday morning. And he said, Oh, and what name are you going to call yourself? So said, oh, <laughs> Mick Williams. And, and that's why I, I, I always finished my programs on Caroline for the last four hours. I've been Mick Williams and I will be Mick Williams again tomorrow. And I, I still use it as a bit cheesy, but even now, you know, the BBC or Caroline, I've been Ray Clark. I'll be Ray Clark again tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but But, you know, I am Ray Clark in between as well now.
0: Yeah, so uh, f- fabulous, really. That um, you know, you managed to actually get get on there, and uh, something that that I never achieved, which I would love to have done. Uh, but once you got out there, was the experience everything you thought it would be, or? It was better than I'd ever
2: imagined. I was lucky. I went out at the right time, um, not by any any effort on my part, but it was the right time. Everything was good. Caroline had a. a, a, a full tanks of fuel, uh, full tanks of water, uh, full complement of crew, really good people that knew what they were about. It had the the cupboards and the freezers were full of food, uh, working well with Radio Monique. And Monique used to come up with the, the food and the fuel and all the rest. It was regularly tended. Uh, I was lucky enough to be out there for about six weeks uh, in fine weather, really fine weather. I went out this time of year, April fine. time, and, and, and it was glorious. Uh, we did have one week of storm, uh, which which was far from fun, but hey ho, it's it's part of being out there and part of the experience. but I, I had one of the best adventures of my life while I was out there. and and i I learned so much. i I, I had always listened and, and I was pretty shrewd, I suppose, with, with the way radio worked, just through listening, because you can. You knew formats. You knew what people did do, the good people did, and what the not-so-good people did. And, and you thought, well, I'll draw a line between between that. And I, I had all those weeks of, of of learning radio because there was nothing else. You, you mucked in with everybody all literally on, on in the same boat. Um, I learned so much about the sea, about the weather, about the way Caroline worked, about how people worked. I was shown how to to start the engine on on a 1,000-tonne Icelandic trawler. I don't think I could do it now, but, you know, if you're in a a muddle and you need help, then give us a call and and I might be able to remember some of it. It was just I fitted in. I was made welcome uh, for the first two or three days. Not so sure. Uh, although, I, again, I, I was quite lucky because I, I knew Kevin Turner. So I, I knew one of the guys on the ship and he'd obviously said, oh, Ray's OK. Yeah. Uh, and, and I'd been out there before and seen one or two people before. So they knew a little bit of my pedigree. But again, they just knew I was a bus driver and, and fascinated with Caroline. And, and I always remember uh, we, we joke about it even now. Peter Phillips, still a good friend of mine, and he was program controller at the time. And uh, the first day I was out there, he, he, we had a corridor conversation. And uh, he said, and, and what radio experience have you got? Well, rather than tell him that I'd done a bit of land-based stuff and I'd, I'd, I'd helped Mick Williams on his PA system and I'd done mobile discos and all the rest, I thought it was easier just to say none. Yeah. To which he replied, well, I, I won't use all the words he you imply, but marvellous. He yeah. said marvellous and stomped off. Um, and I remind him of that at every opportunity. <laughs> and, and and he equally comes back to me and said, well, you didn't actually tell me the truth, did you? Because you weren't half bad when you got there. You didn't say you'd be. And I uh-huh. said, we'd have been there all day if I'd have said, oh, well, I did this and did this and did this. So it's, uh, <laughs> yeah.
0: It's, I, I, yeah. So guess people are um, new people are always viewed with a little bit of suspicion because of the nature of the organization aren't they so you need to probably take two or three days for people you know come to accept you i guess
2: yeah I, and i think that's fair as well and 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 I, I did what i could do which was listen to to their advice though there wasn't much advice really you know i away i went and and i seemed to have, have Hit home and was doing it the way they wanted it done um, But you know Call it um making friends, call it being useful, or call it creeping. But, yeah. you know, I was pretty good at making cups of tea and washing up, and I figured if I do a bit of that, they'll see that my intentions are good. good. Yes. <laughs> that paid
0: off. A good cup of tea can get you around pretty yeah. much anything, can't it, to be fair? <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, so yeah, obviously you find yourself out there. And as you say, it was a really great time for the stage. I think it was sounding really good because uh, I was a bit disappointed, as I've said. Uh, on the podcast before when it came back in 83. Uh, there was a lot of um, publicity around it, and then I thought it, it didn't quite meet my expectations, but um, it, it really became good. Maybe that was something to do with the maybe the laser influence, but by 87, I thought it had a fantastic sound and and, and really sounded good.
2: Yeah, I, I'd agree with you, and I was listening, and, and, and like everybody, I was disappointed in 1983, and even interviewing in the past tom anderson he, he said it wasn't quite as perhaps it it could have been um which is a shame but you know caroline was caroline it goes in and out of favor and, and it still does and, and people listen to it and think actually this is pretty good and then other times you think oh gosh you know what what else is on let's have a listen to something else um but no it it had evolved into Caroline 558. And and that was thanks to to Peter Phillips, who was programming it. And it was just the sort of radio station that I would want to be a part of, you know, best of the old, best of the new. And it was, we were... We were playing things like, I don't know, going from the in-crowd, Dobie Gray, to Living in a Box. Mm. And and that was just two examples, but but two fine songs that we were playing. And you knew every song. And if you didn't know the new ones, you certainly knew the song that followed it.
0: Yeah, and I think that's always a good way. It's what I always say about our radio station. You might not like the one you're listening to, but you will like the next and you'll love the one after. So, I think yeah. you can get that sort of format. You, you're halfway there, aren't you? And A
2: uh, dear friend of mine, an American guy, uh, no longer around, Fred Honsberger, but um, big sort of <laughs> right wing American radio host. I mean, his <laughs> politics were certainly different to mine, but we were good chums. And, and, and again, through the internet by fate, we, we met and worked on each other's radio stations. But he always used to say, nobody ever switched off for a hit. You know, if yeah. you hear, if you've got a good song, it's nobody's going to switch off when the the song's good. It's it's when they're iffy or you haven't got anything to say that they'll switch off.
0: Yeah, and yeah, you know, he's absolutely right as well. So, d- how many stints did you do, uh, Ray? Was it was it just a couple or not
2: even that? It, it was just the one. Oh, I right. was out there in 1987, but I watched you to go back again. Um, and, and and again, I was quite fortunate Because of the, the, the work that I was doing I went back to, to driving coaches again Because I had a mortgage to pay Which was one of the reasons Why I didn't stay out there all the time I did get paid for, for my first stint uh, Eventually, about a couple of months later uh, But you normally got paid If they, they thought you were okay And they wanted you back again uh, But I had a mortgage to pay So I, I, I couldn't rely on the unreliable mm-hmm. wage yeah. donation From, from Ronan and, and Caroline But I did make it clear that I would be interested in going back again and they made it clear that I'd be welcome. And I did the summer season, which as you'd expect, driving coaches yeah, was very yeah. busy. So that was when I was earning money. But then we got to, to autumn and things were quieting down a little bit. And I had a call, uh, I think probably the last week of October in 1987, just after the hurricane, uh, a week or so after the hurricane, uh, would you like to go out Ray? Uh, and I said, well, I, I can't, they wanted me to go out the next weekend. And I said, I can't. I've, I've promised that I'm going to do some work next week. I've, I've got a trip to somewhere or other coming up, but I'll be OK the week after that. And they said, yeah, OK, we'll be back in touch. So this would have taken us to the first week of November 1987. And, and they, they called up on the Wednesday and said, uh, OK, uh, we've got a tender going out on Saturday whatever, we want you on the tender. Can you go out this Saturday? I said, yes, I can do that. That's not a problem. And I put the phone down. And, and as I sat in my flat at the time I was living in, the wind was howling and the television aerial mast that I'd got was was rattling. I thought, well, what have I done? Yeah. I hung out in the middle of the North Sea in November, howling winds, went to bed next morning, no Caroline, uh, and the, the mast was down. So in, in truth, I, I should have been on the ship when the mast came yeah. down fortunately yeah. i wasn't because i don't think i'd have been a lot of good um, but uh, i i know uh, kevin kevin turner was out there and uh, you know he'd, he'd said would come out with me uh, and that was part of the deal
0: um
2: but uh they were there and i wasn't fortunately for me
0: <laughs> yeah and it, it would it, it was a massive a massive moment
2: wasn't it um oh, it was the beginning of the end i think of, yeah. of caroline's days at sea i i know that that people rallied round. I, I know that that they they re-equipped and eventually got a a good signal back again. But that was the start of it, and then the the raid came, and and you could see the cracks appearing, and it was never ever going to be the same again. Uh, and and yes, they 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 muddled on. Some people say it it was one of the best times for Caroline from Ross Revenge, uh, the sort of 88 89 period. Um, but no, I, I, I think I struck gold. I, I got in there just at the right time in 1987.
0: Yeah, and all with that, I agree with all that. I, I think it, it, it was. It it became more like it was sort of struggling on and, you know, a bit inconsistent. And yeah, it, as you say, I I think that 87 period just... That that whole year was, for me, uh, from the Ross Revenge was the best period. The format was right. You know, the staff were right. Um, As you say, I didn't know, but you told me everything was stocked well. And so, you know, it came across on the air as well. Uh, I think it was really, really special. But, of course, it it still was the foothold to um, get you into radio because you've had a fabulous career and still having a fabulous career with ILR and uh, the BBC. Yeah. And uh, that really was by, not by chance. I don't know. I I, I
2: stress again, uh, you might not believe it, but I I, I never rated myself. I've always been a, a little bit sort of, oh, I don't know. That's for people that are, that's for clever people. That's for different people to me. Um, And, and, and you know, I had a, an idyllic childhood and I was never warned off of going for anything. But at the same time, You know, you you just get it into your head. Crazy things you get in your head. Oh, that's that's for other people, which is why I'd never really sort of applied for for jobs. It'll all be in my book, which is out on June the 1st. We will
0: get around Um, to talking about that in a
2: minute. I really want to. That wasn't too much of a push there. But anyway, let's let's talk about this. I'd come off of Caroline. I thought I've done that. I was back to driving coaches again. I love that. That was really exciting. Uh, But I honestly didn't think that there might be a job for me out there. I'd I'd sent off one or two demo tapes in the past before doing Caroline to various ILR stations and and either didn't get an answer or just thank you. Uh, And that was about it. Uh, So I was was driving coaches for about further 10 months, nearly a year, I think. And I happened to be in Bournemouth in 1988. And uh, I just dropped off some some grannies. Uh, I'd got them for a week's holiday. Dropped them off at the hotel, got in the coach, and I used to make a habit of tuning around just to hear what ILR stations were around. There was Ocean Sound, recently launched with about three different services, and there was my chum, Kevin Turner. And I, I thought, well, oh, it's Kevin. And as I was driving through Bournemouth to the coach park, he said, oh, well, this CD's up for grabs, call, oh one blah, blah, blah. And I thought, grabbed a pen and a piece of paper <laughs> as I sort of negotiated the traffic lights and scribbled mm-hmm. down the telephone number, found a phone box. This is pre mobile, mobile phone, yeah. yeah. And, and called him up. And he obviously thought I was a punter trying to win the CD. But eventually I persevered. And the phone was answered after about 10 minutes. So I said, hello, mate. I'm uh, I'm in Bournemouth. Are you about tomorrow? And she said, yeah, yeah, come up. He was in uh, Farnham or Fairham, Farnham, yeah. uh, near, near Southampton, yeah. where Ocean Sound was based. So I, I'd parked the coach up. Then the next problem was to try and hire a car on Saturday evening about half past four. Because you couldn't really take a 53-seat no. coach. Right. So I, I got that, went up. Uh, met kevin had a lovely day met him at the radio station we went out for lunch uh, and he said you know you really ought to have sent some tapes around you weren't half bad out on the ship you know you were one i think his words were you were one of the better ones on the old tub and and it got me thinking so I, i i thought Oh, right, to his boss. Not that I was after his job, but Ocean Sound had just started and there was the Light AM or Light FM or AM or whatever. Mm -hmm. There were about, as I say, three services. And I I just wrote and said, i had done Caroline, any jobs? And I I got a letter almost by return saying, well, yes and no. Come and give us a look when you're next in the area. And I thought, well, that's good. I'll I'll engineer the fact that I'm next in the area soon. Uh, That was on, I don't know, the end of a week, one week, about a week after I'd written the letter. And then that Sunday, I was listening to Invictor, as, as many people did in Essex at the time, uh, because it had a huge signal into Essex, and I preferred that to Essex FM. And Roger Day was on, and at that time, he used to do Sunday morning programme, and he used to have the A to Z of pop music. And he was playing through these song shows how things have changed. He played Tulips from Amsterdam by uh, by Max Bygraves. That's and that's he nice. said, uh, I'd like to have played Things Ain't What They Used To Be by Max Bygraves but I haven't got that and I thought well I have uh, it was part of it don't please don't think that I'd gone out and bought it it was part of the, <laughs> the final collection that, that I'd sort of got from the family uh, so I packaged that up and I wrote a letter along the lines quite naively really very naively dear Roger listening I uh, thought you might like this why don't you record it put it on a cart send it back to me oh by the way I did Caroline a year ago this is a tape of me and uh I look back on it and I honestly don't think it was an application for a job. I think it was just, a, oh, he sounds OK. You might want to hear my yeah. <laughs> So I sent it and uh, that was on the Monday I posted it. On the Wednesday, I came home to a letter saying, we've been trying to call you. There's no answer. Uh, but Roger would like to see you for an interview on Thursday, which was the next day. So I, I went into or called up work and said, I want Thursday off, drove down to Canterbury, met Roger. And he said, yeah, I'd like you on the station. And I thought, wow, result, this is good. Mm -hmm. He said, the only problem is we haven't got any vacancies. However, in the new year, well, this was August we were talking, in the new year, we're going to start a new station. As most of the ILR stations were doing then, they were splitting their frequencies. And he said, I'd like you to have you on board. Um, I thought, oh, thank you. I went out really thrilled. I'd got that job that I'd been dreaming of for years and years and years. And and then I sort of sat in the car as I was coming home thinking, well hang on, this is August and he's talking about January. That's Roger and he's a program controller and, and, and their longevity is about as good as a football manager. Indeed. So one, he might not be there, and two, he might not remember offering me a job. So I wasn't quite as excited when I got hmm. home as, as I had been when when I'd had the chat. So still with the story, Thursday, went into work on the Friday. Uh, Fortunately I I was in, in the yard I was washing my bus Washing my coach And they said You know somebody called Roger He's on the phone for you so I, I went to the phone and it was Dayo, and he said, "What are you doing tonight?" And I said, "Nothing." He said, "Can you do overnights?" And I was in.
0: That was the start. that exactly. it. Yeah, and it's it's never stopped. Uh, what, the, the couple of things that I before because I, I know you you're a bit short of time. A uh, couple of things that we just want to touch on before we go. First, obviously your book, which we will do in a minute, but also about breeze and you did the um, all at sea. That was uh i think one of the great broadcasts uh uh, it really was i mean i've got the whole lot the whole day on tape and and even now last summer i was sitting in the garden at night having a drink and and that was on So i think it was just i think it was just the the greatest show about caroline ever Uh, uh the music was right but of course all the guests and stuff i bet that took some doing though ray i'm flattered jeff thank
2: you i'm really glad you enjoyed that it was a labor of love uh, when I think back, I mean Breeze was was magical for me. I started on overnights with Keith Rogers, Dave Rogers from Radio Atlantis, and and ended up running the thing. Um, so I was there for twelve years, and and I I, I loved Breeze. It, it was a good station, um, but hey ho, things change. But going back to Caroline's, what would that have been? Thirtieth birthday.
0: Yeah, it was, wasn't it? Yeah, nineteen
2: ninety four. Yeah, and and you know, ever the anorak, I I'd, I'd got this idea that the Ross Revenge was now a short. Well, not literally ashore, but in the River Blackwater, which is just up the road from where I live. And uh, I I spoke to Peter Moore. I saw him quite often and said, well, you know, well, he was saying, can you use the ship? You know, obviously they had very little money at that time, very little publicity, and that planted the seed. And I went into work and I said, look, you know, our audience is is basically people who would have listened to the pirates. Um, The story has never really been told. Uh, are you OK if I go off and do a, a documentary? In fact, I think I started doing it, planning it before I'd even had that conversation. And I, I, I just sort of tried to make contact with with people that had just disappeared from the radio. Keith Hampshire was one, Graham Webb, yeah. uh, Norman St. John, all people that had been huge stars in the, in the 60s, uh, apart from the, the big names as well. And I was sending out letters again, pre-email to all sorts of people that I could think of. And most of them replied, and and most were well, all were very helpful if they replied at all. Uh, so I started building up this stock of interviews. Regrettably, time probably wouldn't have allowed, but I I, I only interviewed them specifically about parts that I'd remembered they were involved with in the period they were there. Yeah. So I, I could have got more from them, um, but I I had all of these interviews and I had to put them together then as sort of ninety-second, two-minute, three-minute maximum chunks. To to put in the the program, which we did basically a a live documentary, an eight hour live documentary from the ship and interspersed the interviews, uh, which we tried to do reasonably chronologically uh, with with music of Caroline. And uh, well, as you say, it it worked, but it's it's continued to work because several years later, um, I thought. Again, it wasn't quite like this, but nobody's written the book about Caroline, which they hadn't at the time mm. in, in recent times. And I thought, well, I've got all of these interviews. So I started transcribing those and I thought, well, you know, 70, 60, 70,000 words here. And then if I put my bit in and research a bit of the history, which was my mastermind topic anyway, I've got a book. So the, the, that Breeze documentary led to. Um, the, the, whatever my books called, Radio Caroline,
1: mm-hmm. the true story of
2: mm-hmm. the boat that rocked. Yeah, and then that led to another one because the publisher said, "Do you know anything else?" I'm not really, uh, and that's where the the Wheelie Festival book came from. Yeah, and then up to uh, up to my present, one, well, my current one, my new one,
0: which we're all looking forward to reading. Which uh, tell us a bit about it. Well, it, it, it's a longer version of what I've just been telling you for the last Yes, time. I was just going to say that, yeah. So it, um, this has obviously it, whetted people's appetites. Now you go and get the <laughs> well, full
2: story. I so. yeah. it's, it's a biography. I, I, I hesitate a bit to use the word biography. I've, I've been calling it a memoir. But basically I'd, I'd started – I do quite like writing and I'd started – my wife loves television, and and she watches EastEnders and Coronation Street. And while that's on, I, I either go into headphone land or sit, like I guess guess most male partners in in relationships do, yep. either watching something on YouTube or, or or reading or whatever. I started writing little bits that I remembered. I am lucky to have a, a very good memory from the past. I, I can't remember what I did yesterday or what I'm supposed to do later today, but Sounds from the past, like I'm okay. <laughs> and it had been such a bonkers journey. Uh, to, to get the job that I dreamed of. And, and I thought, actually, there's a bit of a story here. So I started writing it down and writing it down. And, and, and unlike the previous two books where I had a deadline, this was never meant to be a book, really. And, and until last year, and I thought, hang on, I've got 100,000 words here. So even edited down, it it, it would make a, a book size book. Um, and I thought, yeah, I'll, I'll do something about that. And then I thought this time I'll self-publish. But self-publishing isn't all it's cracked up to be. Uh, and there's a lot of pitfalls there. So I, I found a, a local publisher, a guy that retired from working on books. In fact, he was a former editor of the Guinness Book of Hit Singles. Right. So I, I'm in good hands. And, and and I got in touch with him. And he said, oh, yeah, yeah, it's good. Because I, I really doubted that anybody, would, you know, it's me. He said, oh, for goodness sake, you've got a, a bit of a tale to tell here. So he's working on it at the moment, just finalizing it. And it will be available from the, the 1st of June. Which we're all looking forward to. And uh, it's called? Stay tuned. I could say something brilliant at any moment. Go on, ask me, Jeff. Ask me how I came up with that title.
0: How, how did you come up with that title, Ray? Well, just over here in my studio, I have a...
2: You know those, like, if you go and see in the old days, the bank manager had his name, you know, Mr Horace Wilberforce in desk. front of him on the desk. Yes. Well, well, this is one of those things made out of plastic and I bought it at a boot fair. <laughs> it says <laughs> stay tuned i could say something brilliant any moment i thought that's got to be the title of my book yeah uh, so 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 there it is um put that up there because i love that yeah. so that's the title stay tuned i could say anything uh, something brilliant at any moment and it tells the the tale of, of a young lad just besotted with listening to the radio and pop songs and how it all ended up.
0: So that sounds just like me, seven year old. Well, again, Jeff, there are so many of us (laughs) out there and and, and, and
2: so many. And I am aware, you know, whenever I'm on the radio, whenever we do stuff from Ross revenge, because I I am still with Caroline and we have people coming out and and I'm, I'm so aware that I was just one of the lucky ones, because for me, there's hundreds, thousands, perhaps of of our generation that that would have loved to have had just the, 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 the slightest chance of what I did. Um, and, and I did get it by taking a chance But I have been very, very, very lucky yeah. And more so and, and I am aware of that
0: Yeah, um, the, the, the only thing I ever got round to Was um, sending a tape out to Radio North Sea And uh-huh. telling them I was 18 And I wasn't, I was only 15 So <laughs> they made me tweet Any response? Or... None <laughs> non at all, Not at all. <laughs> uh,
2: I've got a, a, now we're confessing But again, yeah. it's in the book I have still got my demo tape for the voice of peace and i i, I never sent it because i didn't oh, think it was wow. good enough <laughs>
0: fabulous yeah oh brilliant yeah uh, it it was great that you managed to do it yeah i'm very very envious ray really am thank you thank yeah. you yeah i've been lucky jeff yeah and you, and you're still doing it today because you're all you're on the bbc and i see you on caroline flashback as well which is uh,
2: yeah, I, I do. Let's, let's start with the BBC. I, I'd retired. I retired at the age of 60 in 2014. I surprised everybody, including myself. And I just, no, I'm going to retire. And I had a year off and I loved it. Uh, and then, first of all, Peter Moore at Caroline said, come on, come out to the ship uh, and get involved again. Uh, so I started doing Caroline on the main service. Mm. Uh, and then about a couple of weeks later, uh, I had a telephone call. Hello, Ray. I'm, I'm Lou. I'm the new editor at BBC Essex. I want you back on the radio. And I said, well, I don't want to do it every day. No, 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 no. Just once a week. I said, well, I'm doing Caroline. I'm not going to pack that up for the BBC. And she said, no, no, that's fine. That's fine. So I started doing Saturday mornings on the BBC and and figures were good and everybody seemed happy. And then COVID came along and the BBC changed everything. So they just used the minimum of people. And I I suspect though nobody said they might have thought I was a bit old at 60 or 61. So they just kept as many or as few people on air in the studio as possible. So I had about three months off. Uh, they were still paying me. And then they came back and, and Lou said, look, we can't keep paying you. You're not doing anything. Uh, what about, would you mind if we moved you to Sunday evening? I said, I don't care at all. What do you want me to do? And She said, "I'll oh, just be Ray. And that was it. So uh, I, I thought, well, this is good. You know, I'm, I'm doing, and can I do it from home? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I've been doing two hours from home on Sunday evening um, for about the last three, four years. And then she called about 18 months ago and said, oh, we're not just going to do it on Essex. It'll be on Kent and Suffolk and Norfolk as well. And, of course, on BBC Sound so you can hear it around the country. And I, I in all honesty, I, I've enjoyed – I've been with the BBC for 20 years this time around almost wow. with a few breaks. And, and I've enjoyed this programme and I enjoy this programme more than I've ever enjoyed anything with the BBC. Sadly, I think the days are numbered because it's going to be the victim of the changes and the cuts. yeah. The jury's still out as to what will happen, but on the face of it, it's going to come crumbling to an end soon.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, but how soon is soon? I don't know. I, I, I anticipate I'll still be doing it for the next two or three months. Um, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Stranger things have happened. But if it comes to an end, then it comes to an end. I've had a good run, but I will miss it. Yeah. And. and you know, I'm, I'm pleased to say so will lots and lots of listeners. But hey-ho, it happens. Nothing's forever. Um, but I did Caroline, the main service, and then we started a community radio station that I got a bit too involved in, and that was that was taking too much of my time. So I backed off of the, the main 648 service from Caroline. Uh, but then I started doing Caroline North from the ship, which I, I do not every month, but I enjoy going out there. And that's good fun. And that really is, as I would like Caroline to be all the time.
0: Yes.
2: Uh, but I do flashback as well, which I enjoy. So I do Sunday mornings from 10 till 12 on Caroline flashback. So just just recapping at the moment, I'm still on the BBC across East Anglia and the South East. Uh, I'm still on Caroline flashback every Sunday. I do most but not all monthly broadcasts from caroline north and i do a bit of cover on caroline six four eight and that's quite enough
0: yeah that, that'll at least stop you getting bored anyway yeah. won't it, ray it <laughs> so, uh, so brilliant thank you ray for um yeah for spending the time uh, it's been an absolute joy uh, really enjoyed it uh, and uh, uh, the book just uh, give the book another plug before we finish
2: yeah, it's, uh, stay tuned. I could say something brilliant at any moment. It will be available uh, via Amazon and probably almost oh, certainly the Caroline Web Shop or, or, or directly from me. And, and I mean, what you won't get if you go via Amazon is it's signed. Um, if you come to me and ultimately the Caroline Web Shop, uh, then choose between those and it will be signed. The downside is because Amazon can do magic things with postage, it will cost you a little bit more if you want it signed, not for the signature, but just for the postage.
0: Yeah. Um,
2: but if if you want more information, it's already up and, and, and ready to be looked at at uh, radiobookoffer.co.uk okay. and my website, RayRadio dot co dot uk so all of the information is there
0: fabulous and i I will i will buy it directly from you and uh, and uh, really be pleased with a uh, a signed copy that will be absolutely uh, absolutely fabulous
2: thank you jeff thank you really good to speak to you
0: yeah you too and uh, as i say long made that uh, career continue and thank you for sharing all those fabulous memories with us i really appreciated it ray
2: You're welcome, Jeff. You're
0: welcome. Thank you very much. All right. We have a good rest of the day and uh, we'll keep in touch. All right,
2: Jeff, and keep us informed as to what you're going to do with this. And I'll I'll listen out for it and, and listen to that clown on the radio okay well lovely to speak to you. thank you ever so much for asking Jeff. and and keep well if I am help with
0: anything then, then let us know really appreciate it Ray you have a good rest of your day and I'll yeah, talk to then. you soon cheers bye bye thank you bye 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 I hope you enjoyed that as much as I enjoyed uh, chatting to Ray a uh, really nice guy and a real insight into a fabulous uh, radio career and you can uh, read more about it as he said uh, in the book and if you want the details of how to get hold of the book direct from Ray uh i will put it in the podcast notes so you can go and have a look and click on the link and uh, get your book ordered <laughs> hopefully got more uh interviews lined up uh, and chats with um the people who made all that wonderful radio back in the 60s and uh, 70s and 80s to come. Don't forget if you'd like to suggest a name or you've got a contact for someone who was involved in the business and you, know, you think they'd be a good uh, guest for the podcast, please don't be afraid to put them forward. Jeff Martin Media 220 at gmail.com is the email address to uh, pop that along uh, to. Episode 36 then, well, well, I think we'll feature a bit of... Um, all at Sea, that uh, Breeze documentary that uh, Ray was talking about there. Because if you've not heard it, um, I really recommend you get hold of it because it is a wonderful... For me, it was the the best, uh, definitive, fun, really, uh, documentary about uh, Radio Caroline. Really good. Um, really, really enjoyed it. So we'll have a bit of that. I've also found a, a little bit of, on a, a tape I was listening to um, a couple of weeks ago, a little bit of uh, Radio Veronica which uh, seems to be something a bit special. I'm not sure what it is, so I'm going to include that and see if any of you can tell me uh, what it is. Not being able to speak Dutch, I'm not absolutely sure, but maybe you can help me out with that one. And uh, anything else as well I might find along the way, we're bound to have another interesting episode. So episode 36 will be along uh, shortly. But thanks for your uh, company on episode uh, 35. And a big thanks again to uh, Ray Clark for uh, joining us. And I hope you enjoy Ray's book. Mine is uh, about to arrive imminently, I think. And I'm really looking forward to reading it as well. So that's it. I will see you hopefully on episode 36 coming soon. Thanks again for listening. And until then, well, enjoy whatever you do.